During her State of the State address in January, Governor Kathy Hochul, as part of her all-hands-on-deck approach to the opioid epidemic, announced plans for an interagency task force to consider all options related to opioid use disorder treatment and harm reduction strategies. And on Tuesday, August 29th, the task force held its first meeting, gathering in Albany for about two hours of preliminary discussion. To discuss the work of the group, including its mandate, first meeting, and where things go from here, we're joined in the Capitol Press Room studio by the 1990 Big Ten batting champion, Dr. Dr. Chinazo Cunningham, Commissioner for the State Office of Addiction Services and Supports, and the co-chair of the task force. Welcome back to the show, Commissioner. Great to be here. And as part of our special two-for-one deal that the Hochul administration is currently running, we're also joined by Assemblymember John McDonald's brother, Dr. Jim McDonald, Commissioner of the State Health Department. Welcome back to the show, Commissioner. It is great to be here. I have to tell you, that's the first time I was introduced as someone's brother. So, I don't know. That's yeah. just food food for thought. Well, you really made it in the Capital Region once you have that John McDonald tie-in. I didn't know that was a big endorsement. This is part of the issue with living away from here for so long. I had no idea. It lends you some real credibility. But let's turn to the topic at hand, and that's the opioid epidemic and this new interagency that's tasked with improving the state's response to this crisis. Dr. Cunningham, right now, how would you describe the opioid overdose situation in New York? So it's the worst ever on record. So right now in 2022, preliminary numbers look like over 6,500 people have died of an overdose. So that's about 20 people per day. So almost one person an hour. So that's clearly destroying people's lives, families, and communities. And so we really need to do everything that we can to address this epidemic. And you say on record, so is it significantly different than 2021, or is this part of a continuation of a trend uh, that we've really seen during the pandemic? This is part of a trend. So over the last few years of the pandemic, we've seen worsening in numbers across New York State and across the country. And so this is just a continuation of that. And certainly this is fueled by fentanyl. That's involved in the majority of overdose deaths. And now we're seeing more and more xylazine which is also involved. And that's a medication not for human consumption, but is used in veterinary medicine, and it's a sedative. So I mentioned at the top what it says in the governor's state of the state book about the founding of this task force. But can either of you elaborate on what the mission of this task force is now that it's actually formed and begun meeting? It's really about getting all of government to work together to address a very significant public health problem. You know, this was a part of what we did during the pandemic as well. And I think this is a large enough issue where you really do need to look at like, how do we get all of government to work together in this? And really one of the big charges is listening to what other state agencies are doing. You know, quite frankly, what are we not doing is is kind of what I'm keeping my mind open to. You know, in the first meeting today, I heard some ideas. You know, I'm listening to things, but really it's, I'm coming to this with an open mind and just saying like, what are we not doing? I'm open to different, I'm open to suggestions. And I think that's what the governor wanted is like, what aren't we doing that could help? Because I think one of the things that's important to keep in mind, there's a lot of great people doing a lot of good work in the overdose crisis. have been doing it for a long time. It's not like what they're doing isn't working. It's just that, and this is what I mean by the humility I have before the power of this epidemic. This epidemic is so significant with this terrible disease of opioid use disorder and opioid dependence. It's a terrible disease. Um, But there's a great deal of humility I have for this, but it makes me want to be a creative thinker about what's possible. What's really important is that so many people with addiction touch so many places in the state and so many different systems. And so I think we have to think about that and really taking advantage of all of those touches. And so whether that's with the carceral system, whether that's with 
first responders, with law enforcement, with social services, or with the healthcare agencies, right? And so we really need to broaden much more than just a focus on the health-related agencies and really think about all the ways that we have the opportunity to intervene. Well, Dr. McDonald, you talked about hearing like some new ideas about what other agencies are doing for the first time. Do you feel, and you know, with the caveat that you're relatively new to the state health department, that it just is a case of one agency not knowing what the other agency is doing? Or is it possible, as we see sometimes with bureaucracies, that civil servants all the way on up to political appointees are very defensive of their fiefdoms and are maybe not necessarily open to ideas and new ideas that don't necessarily originate from their office or result in their office being able to utilize power? Is that something that needs to be overcome as well? Yeah. So today there was three state agencies that talked about what we were doing Office of Addiction Services and Supports gave a nice overview of what they're doing. I shared what the Department of Health is doing. And then we heard from the Office of Mental Health. So we heard from three agencies. You know, over the ensuing part of the task force, we'll hear what other agencies are doing. You know, just in my time in state government in New York, I, I haven't heard other commissioners being anything more than just collaborative and cooperative. These are people I've had breakfast with and lunch with, and they seem like nice people who really want to do good things. One of the things that came out today, which is really interesting, several people brought up the issue about reducing stigma. And, and it's funny, stigma is an interesting word. I, I tend not to talk about stigma because it's really bias and discrimination we're talking about. Like we don't look at people who have cancer in, in the same light we look at people who suffer with opiate use disorder. And, you know, there's several people who thought that we should be looking at how do we do more education with the public about how tough this disease is, how treatment's available, and how do we make people a little more accepting of that? So that was an interesting idea that was floated today. And I you know, there's a lot of other ideas that I thought were really worth writing down and just giving it some thought to. Well, Commissioner Cunningham, are there any guardrails that you feel like are being set down for this task force? And by that, I mean, do you have a certain framework that you need to operate in when considering problems and solutions? Or can you lean into out-of-the-box policies that might be a real break from current practices in New York right now? Yeah, I think we need to keep all options on the table. And so... It's really going to take all of us to work together to really address this epidemic. And, and I mean all of us, not just the state agencies, but local government, communities, individuals. There's not one silver bullet. If there were, we would have figured it out already. And so it's going to be a multi-pronged approach that really takes all of us to address this. And even before the task force was created, we have been working and collaborating across state agencies. And I think we're doing it more and more We've worked with the Office of Mental Health to really think how we can integrate services better. We're working with the Department of Health, looking at Medicaid, for example, and insurances and making sure that we're covering the right things and we're working and partnering with harm reduction. We've been working with the jails and prisons to really make sure that there's medication treatment available in every single jail and prison across New York State. That's really important because that's a population that's at very high risk. And then we're also working with our social service agencies, so around housing and homeless shelters or around children and families. So, so this work has been happening. I certainly think that the task force is going to bring us together even better and including more agencies and sort of more fields like law enforcement, like first responders, like education. But I do think, you know, it says a lot that we already have been working together and we'll continue to expand that. 
Well, you've been on the job for coming up on two years at the end of 2023. So are there examples based on your experience in dealing with other agencies of collaborations that you feel have not totally been utilized yet or can be further explored as part of this task force? For example, you mentioned the Office of Mental Health, so it makes me think of co-occurring disorders. So is there more that can be done right there and anything you want to identify at this point? You know, we are working closely with the Office of Mental Health and, and will continue to expand our work together. So some examples include the um, Certified Community Behavior Health Clinics, also known as CCBHCs, And those are clinics that are staffed specifically to address mental health and substance use problems. The number of those are going to triple across the state in the coming years. We also have crisis stabilization centers. And so those are places where people can come, you know, anytime. So they're open 24 hours a day, seven days a week with crises, you know, that are related to addiction or uh, mental health or both. And they're staffed by experts in, you know, addiction and mental health. And so those are coming online you know, the coming months as well. And, you know, another example is in schools. We hear that um, mental health clinics are going to expand in schools, and we are working with them to make sure that there's prevention around substance use that goes along with that. So those are just some examples, and we're really trying to scale them up across the state. Commissioner McDonald, what's the timeline for this task force? Is this something where we expect that whatever you come up with will be incorporated in the state of the state next year from Governor Hochul? Or is there the potential that some of the work that you and the task force come up with in this capacity could result in actions by state agencies prior to the end of the year? Yeah, so there's four more meetings planned between now and October 15th. Last meeting is October 11th, then there'll be a written report, the public available. But I hope the answer to your question is yes, yes, and yes. In other words, I'd love to see things that come out of this that warrant being addressed by the governor and state of the state. I'd love to see some ideas there. I bet there's some low-hanging fruit, though. We're just getting people in the room together and just saying, hey, could you help me with this and do this? And there might be things, too, that quite frankly don't make the state of the state, but they're just tactical things that make sense to do that we can do. And there might be regulatory changes. And this is where, you know, I'm open to everyone's ideas, I think, One of the things that's fun about being kind of new to a state is I'm willing to listen to everybody, and I love listening to people. And I found a long time ago as a doctor, if you listen long enough, the patient will tell you what's wrong with them. So I'm here to listen. So Commissioner Cunningham, I mentioned again that you know, you're know you coming up on your second year here. And as part of this task force's mandate, it's supposed to analyze the success of existing state programs. So given the time that you've had in this job already, are there any programs that you think are not working and you're just really excited that this task force is an opportunity to cut them loose? You know, I can't say that. that there's that Because there's... they're all working great or because <laughs> someone here is going to jump out and attack you if you do? No, no. I think it's because... It's really about not having enough services, not having enough access to the services that, that, that exist, right? And so I think a lot of our focus has really been on improving access and thinking about unique ways to do that. And so, so a lot of that means bringing services to where people are. That's certainly part of the harm reduction philosophy. And so instead of waiting for people to come to us, we can't do that anymore. We really have to go out into communities and reach those who are at the highest risk. And so that means, you know, working on outreach, street outreach, you know, helping people with transportation, going and working on the subways or under the bridges or working with law enforcement or, right, it's, it's really about meeting people where they are and bringing services to them and then reducing the barriers so that they can access the whole continuum of services that are available. 
Well, you mentioned working with law enforcement, and traditionally that has been the way governments have leaned into responding to any sort of drug problems. So as you analyze the success of existing state programs, is it possible that some of the traditional sacred cows when it comes to responding via law enforcement might be on the chopping block in this discussion? I'm certainly not in law enforcement, but I do think that when we work together that we're better. And so, look, there are a lot of law enforcement agents who are responding to overdoses. Is this what they signed up for? Probably not, but that's what's happening in today's world. And so given that that's the state of where we are, I think we have to think about how do we take advantage of that, right? How do we then work with the families or work with that individual to make sure that they have access to life-saving treatment? And I do think, you know, we are thinking about this differently. We're incarcerating everybody 20 years ago who had addiction, and now we're really talking about that's not effective, so how can we provide treatment to people with addiction who are involved in the criminal justice system? And so that's where we come into play and really partner with jails, sheriffs, and prisons to say, okay, they're involved in criminal justice system, but let's make sure they're getting treatment, let's make sure they're getting counseling, medications, and that when people then re-enter community, that they have you know, coping skills and they can reduce their risk of overdose. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have. I want to thank our co-chairs of the state's recently launched Interagency Overdose Prevention Task Force for joining us. That is Dr. Chinazo Cunningham, the Commissioner for the State Office of Addiction Services and Supports, and Dr. Jim McDonald, the Commissioner of the State Health Department. Thank you both so much for making the time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Is your business, agency, or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.